It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and welcome. It is going to be a fun night, even though we're going to talk about the fact 100,000 Americans might die. Hang on. I'll get to that in just a moment. What I'm talking about, of course, is World War III. I have Vladimir Putin right here taunting the United States of America. I also have an article, Putin and G agree to extend 20-year-old friendship treaty. How does that end with Americans dying? It ends with us losing a war. Why do I see that coming? I'm going to explain all that in just a little bit here. We do have national security expert Dave Reboy coming up about halfway through next there. In case you don't know who he is, that's fine. Just know he's a big proponent of us getting a national divorce. He thinks the country should just go its separate ways. As do I. I'm going to set that up before he gets there. We'll talk about that with Dave Reboy. I'll give you my explanation in a few. And finally, this is going to be the top of the next hour. Okay, So just buckle up for this one. There's a headline. I'm going to read it to you now. It's a real headline. I'm going to do the best I can to remain calm when I address the situation, but how I address it is almost undoubtedly going to be offensive. The headline is this. This is from the Washington Post. Yes, kink belongs at pride, and I want my kids to see it. We're going to have a long chat about that and obviously have plenty of fun tonight on the Jesse Kelly show. But let's rewind to how I opened the show because I realized that's not exactly normal. 100,000 Americans dying. What if I undershot that? What if I undershot that? And hear me out here. Hear me out here. You and I are so blessed to be here for for a million different reasons. I'm not even doing that. I'm proud to be an American thing, but we just are very blessed to be here. Part of the blessings of being an American who lives in the year 2021 is this. We've never been invaded. I mean, not seriously invaded. Obviously, I know about the war for Texas and California and the war, the, the wars we fought with Mexico and stuff like that. And yes, I'm aware of the war of 1812. Don't give me all that garbage. You weren't alive. I mean, a real national invasion where American cities are being razed to the ground. We don't know what, he, what that's even like, right? We don't have any frame of reference. You don't. I don't. By the grace of God, we don't. Other people in other nations around the world, they've lived through things like that. You and I haven't. That's probably not something we should undersell. (laughs) That's That's probably one of the high points of the nation. Well, no one's burned down my my house and taken my family into slavery, so it's a good day. It's a good day. But I just want to tell you something. We're going to do a little rewind real quick before I get into the Putin and G thing and the Air Force thing. You see, the Air Force is <laughs> the Air Force has a new fitness test. And instead of running, you can walk. I'm going to talk about the degradation of the United States military. And I'm going to talk about how that ends and what it looks like. 
before we go there, we're going to do something I've done a lot on the Jesse Kelly show. I haven't done it this week since the show went supernova, but we're going to do a little brief rewind real, real quick. And we're going to go back to a place, maybe you've heard of it, called Tokyo. Tokyo towards the end of World War II. I'm not even going to do Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I'm just going to focus on Tokyo for just a minute. Give me a brief minute while we rewind here. I want you to hear this. And the only reason I'm explaining this to you is not so I can give you some history lesson. We're going to do a history podcast on Friday. That's different. I want to try to make it real to you what it looks like to lose a war against another major power. I don't mean pulling out of Afghanistan and the Taliban are taking over, which we're going to talk about that tonight, too. Apparently that's happening. Should you care? Well, we'll talk about that. I'll give you my opinion. It's going to be different. I'll give you my opinion on it. I'm not talking about pulling out of Vietnam and having those dirty commie scum take over the whole country. I'm not talking about that either. I mean losing a war against another major power On your soil. On your soil. Everyone knows about the two atom bombs we dropped. You know about Tokyo? You know what happened there? Just give me a brief minute. I won't won't even take five minutes on this. We were trying to get the Japanese to surrender. We were trying to use strategic bombing is what it's called. But bombing was so inaccurate back then, we always ended up killing a bunch of civilians. And so one night in Tokyo, especially back then, they're t- they're, uh, the, the way they built their buildings, they were essentially paper mache. They just went up in flames easily. Fire was a huge concern for a city like Tokyo. And we dropped a whole bunch of incendiary bombs on the city of Tokyo when they happened to be going through a drought, when there happened to be a nasty wind flow through town. And we burned 100,000 people to death. Told you it was going to be a bright and sunny show. But look, I'm trying to bring this home for you. I'm not going to go into the gory details of it. But understand, during a firebombing like that, when it creates a firestorm, people will suffocate standing out in the open because the fire is so hot it sucks all the oxygen out of the air. People will randomly just burst into flames and disappear. That's what it looks like when your cities get burned to the ground. You and I, all we can do is read about that in history books. The headline is this. Putin taunts U.S. saying their world dominance is over and threatens to strike back if any boundaries are crossed. Let's set that aside. Let's go with this headline. This is America's military news. That was the sun. This is America's military news. Putin and Xi, that's Xi Jinping, head of China, agree to extend a 20-year-old military friendship treaty. It's just them deciding, hey, we're boys, right? I mean, you're not going to attack me. I'm not going to attack you. We're good, right? Well, let's, let's pause and unpack that for a moment. We make the mistake, I make it all the time, we make the mistake of thinking we live in some unique point in history, that it's uniquely civilized, it's uniquely enlightened. Oh, those barbarians of old. Genghis Khan. (laughs) Hitler. Ah, Glad we don't have guys like that anymore. Stalin. Woo! 
Thank goodness he's a thing of the past. You understand there's no difference between guys like Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping and those monsters we just described. There's no difference whatsoever. None. Now, the opportunities they've had so far in their lives to kill on that scale has been different. Technology is different. But deep down at a core level, riddle me this. How many people do you think Xi Jinping would be willing to kill in order to maintain power? How's that, how's that number looking in your head? Do you think there let, – let maybe this is an easier question because I, I see the look on producer Chris's face. Maybe this is an easier question. Do you think there's anybody, anybody, Vladimir Putin wouldn't kill to maintain a hold on power? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Is it becoming real for you yet? I am not trying to do doomsday end of the world stuff. But things like this Air Force fitness test, this is how nations end. Nations end like this. How? How does how does a simple fitness test? What why is that some kind of indicator of something terrible that's happening down the road? I, Jesse, what are you talking about? I'm going to lay it out for you step by step. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly show. Jesse Kelly show. I love some Seeger, Chris. I love some Seeger. Don't expect me to dog on Seeger. Seeger's the man. Let's get back to the end of the world. For Pete's sake, Chris, it's a fun show tonight. <laughs> In case you missed it last segment, we were talking about Putin taunting the U.S., saying our world dominance is over. He's got a deal, a friendship now with Xi Jinping of China. And I combine that with this new Air Force article. This is from Task and Purpose. The new Air Force fitness test will feature walking instead of running and modified push-ups. Now, let me walk you through how this ends with America's cities on fire. Because I don't want you to think I'm just trying to be over the top for the radio or something like that. I want you to understand this. There are only only so many hours in the day, right? Now, that, that's obviously something we all know. That old, what is it, Chinese proverb? I don't know. Who knows if they came up with it. They probably just took credit for it, Chris. But that old proverb, uh, time is finite. There's only so much of it, that thing, that thing. A military only has so much time on its hands. There's only so much room to focus on certain things. When we talk about the American military and how it's rotting out from the inside, this is what I mean. If you have a Chinese colonel or a Russian colonel, and let's just make this very simple for non-military types. Let's say this colonel is in charge of 1,000 guys. 1,000 men. There you go, colonel. 1,000 dudes. What is that colonel's purpose in life? 
the generals and politicians and people above him, what are they telling him to do with his 1,000 men? Learn how to kill. Learn how to kill. Specifically, they train for us. Both of these countries train for us, you should know. Learn how to kill. Learn how to kill Americans. Get better at killing Americans. In fact, because that's that Chinese or Russian colonel's purpose in life, he has to give updates. The same, as, the same way you and I have to give updates to our boss. Whatever you do. Whether you pound nails, accounting, lawyer, teacher, uh, people from all walks of life obviously listen to the show. Whatever you do, you almost undoubtedly have a boss and you have to give an accounting based on what purpose that boss has given you, right? Don't you? Well, that colonel does too. That Chinese colonel, that Russian colonel. Uh, Come on in here, Colonel Ping. Tell me, what have you done in the last month that's making your thousand-man unit better at killing Americans. And he knows that meeting is coming, so he's going to have a list of things. Well, sir, I'm actually glad you asked. We had extra marksmanship training. You're going to love those American silhouettes we had out there. Look at all those holes in their heads. That was fun. We got to do that. We did some bayonet training where we learned how to stab Americans in the face. That was a good time as well. We also learned how to use our gas masks because everyone knows we have gas ma- We have, you know, Gas weapons we're absolutely going to use if the blank hits the fan. And Are you happy, sir? Oh, absolutely. Good work, Ping. Get out of here. That's that's real. Those, those meetings happen. Obviously, it's a bit simplified for radio, but that's real. Those things happen. Now let's talk about the uncomfortable part. An American colonel. Say he has a thousand men under. American colonel. Do you know... The things that colonel has to tell his boss these days, the things my military sources tell me all the time now, just by virtue of what I do and because I still have so many friends who are who are in the military. Everybody knows I was in the Marines, but that was a lifetime ago. But I have so many friends in the uh, Green Berets and the Navy SEALs and in the Marine Corps still, Ranger units. I have so many buddies in these units. Do you know the things they tell me they have to do? Their colonel has to go give... A sit rep. Their colonel has to go give a situation report to his general. How many hours, Colonel? How many hours have you spent on gay awareness? Oh, a uh, general. I don't know about gay awareness, but we were gonna, we were gonna go train to kill some Chinese soldiers because they might. I don't want to hear about Chinese soldiers, Colonel. How many black people have you helped since you're a white oppressor? Colonel, before you go on, I need to know how gender neutral your unit is. Do you still have those male signs on the bathrooms? I'm not trying to be over the top for radio. These meetings are happening as we speak. Officers are having to give reports to their senior commanders on how gay-friendly they are. And have we done enough for minorities today? And what are the women? Do the women feel welcome? I, I want the women to feel welcome. And there's only so much time in the day to, to make this the ultimate simple thing. Let's say you were my size which I realize there are not very many people who are my size. I'm 6'8", 230, but let's say for the for the sake of it, you're a 6'8", 230-pound male. 
Ladies, I realize that's not the most pleasant thought in the world. It would be hard to find a date if you were 6'8", but that's another story entirely. You're 6'8", 230. I'm 6'8", 230. We are given a date. One year from now, we will meet. We will meet somewhere in an open field, and we will fight to the death. I spend that year, let's say there's 10 hours in a day, and I spend four or five hours a day on things like target practice, hand-to-hand combat, and I spend the other four or five hours in a day making sure I'm, being, I'm not having too much white rage. Am I being nice enough to women? You, you spend all 10 hours every single day learning how to kill me. When we finally meet at the end of that year, who wins that fight? You do every single time. When you expand that to an entire military level, which is what we have now, what we are facing is this, this rot, because it's not happening in front of your face, right? You're not sitting there in these classes every single day. Am I being gay nice enough? You're not sitting there in these classes every day. Because you're not sitting there, you don't see the slow rot, the slow erosion in how deadly these military units are. And because you're not sitting there, and you're not experiencing it, and we're not at war with a major power, you really don't think about it. It doesn't pop into your head. That's not your fault. Why would it? Why would it pop into your head? That's the problem with where we're going. It's really, really, really bad. It's only getting worse And you can't even make the voting public care about it. You can't make the voting public care about it until bombs start dropping on American cities. That's the reality. And we're going to get to this transgender parade thing with toddlers here. Hang on. Here's the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, it's time to hammer a major, major issue before I get to... Ugh, I don't want to talk about the kink pride parade thing. Chris, it grosses me out, man. Do we have to... T- I, no, we do have to talk about it because it's important for the country. I realize that. I realize that. But let's talk about some good news first. There's enough bad news out there. I mean, we just talked about the end of the world, man. <laughs> little, little things like the end of the world. Let's... Let's talk about some good news first. Headline from dailycaller.com. CNN loses nearly half its viewers <laughs> in the post-Trump networks rating network ratings bloodbath. That's such a great word, bloodbath. Right. You want some inside baseball on how media works, on how the media world works, how uh, being a TV host or a radio host works. You want me to give it to you? I'm about to give you some inside baseball stuff. Because I host a TV show on the first every single night, too. So I'm one of these people, these absolute psychos who does both. And full disclosure, full disclosure for everybody, when I first started, I didn't think I would get a job in either. And then eventually I I got a job in both. I mean, entry-level stuff, but a job in both. And my plan was all along, I thought, well, I'm clearly going to 
suck at at least one of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with both of them and run with both of them as hard as I possibly can. And then when one falls off, because it will, I'll just try to, you know, cobble together some kind of a career with the other one. It ended up they both are working out really well. So that didn't work. But I, I do both. So that's I come for you. I come to you from a point of experience when it comes to TV and radio. Here's the thing. Let's set radio aside. Let's focus on TV for just a moment. Let's focus on TV. When you get in front of a camera, especially now, in this day and age of social media, and there are a thousand different online shows and online channels, people have options. They have so many options. You, right now, you're listening to my voice nationwide on the radio. It's not lost on me. You could be listening to anybody, or you could turn off. You could turn off the channel and uh, go do a, a podcast somewhere. You could do whatever you want, whatever you want. You choose to be here. I have to try to hold you here. I have to be interesting enough to hold you here. But most people, they aren't interesting. They aren't interesting. When it comes to TV especially, you must be interesting, and you must be interesting early. CNN struggled with something big time. They made a huge mistake during the Trump era, and because of that mistake, they're now paying the price. You want to know what that mistake is? They took a media phenom like Donald Trump, and he was. I don't care whether you love Trump or hate Trump. Again, I thought he was an outstanding president. I thought he spent way too much money, way too much money, and his hiring and firing practices were indefensible. Indefensible, the losers he brought into his circle. But I thought he was a great president. But what? maybe you hated him. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's not about Trump. He was a media phenom. When he's on TV, you can't take your eyes off him. When he's giving a speech, you can't take your eyes off him. You don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. It, it, it was, it's a bummer that we lost, that he lost his Twitter account because the guy would just get on there and just blast away at everyone else. Because Trump was so interesting, CNN got ratings. Now, not the best ratings in the world, but they got ratings for four years. And they did that thing. They did that thing we all do on some level. We lie to ourselves. They lied to themselves. They lied to themselves about why people were watching. And it's, look, it's so easy to do, right? It's so easy to do. I had a buddy one time. I'm, pause, pause the story while I get distracted. I had a buddy one time. I'm not going to go into details. I was in well into adulthood when I had this friend. And he was a really, really cool dude. A funny dude. And I mean really fun. One of those dudes that always had a great sense of humor. and But kind of one of those, okay, he was fat. He was too big. He was too big. Again, I have nothing against that. No big deal. But he was way too big. Because of that, he struggled with women. He just couldn't, he, he obviously always wanted a girlfriend, wanted to, I mean, what, what dude doesn't want a girlfriend, right? I mean, count your blessings, single guys, but still, that's another story. He always wanted a girlfriend and couldn't have one, couldn't ever get one. 
And then I'm not going to go into the details of how it was all legal, by the way. I'm not going to go into the details of how virtually overnight he was not not wealthy. He was a millionaire multiple times. I want to say it was eight or nine million dollars. I forget the details of it. It was that kind of money. Overnight, he's bringing home a new dime every week. Picking out, he's just picking up some new, oh, hey, Jesse, don't mind me. Got a new bikini model. I'm taking her out for sushi. I'll never forget it. Six months into this whole new wealth thing, he looks to me and he says, Matt, I can't believe how much better I am with women now than I was when we were younger. And I look at him and I... And I don't want to burst his bubble because even though I'm a heartless jerk, I don't want to burst his bubble. He's my boy. But I, I gave him that look, and it must have been brief enough for him to catch it. And he caught my eye and, and kind of just looked down because he knew. He knew. He knew that I knew. And that's okay. I'm not ripping on him. Good for you, brother. Enjoy the Swedish bikini team. Not, no judgment here. We tell ourselves lies about why we succeed, why things are going well. If you're you're a car salesman in this market, car, car sales are through the roof. They can't keep cars stocked. There are a bunch of really crappy car salesmen out there right now making a fortune, going home, telling their wives, baby, I've got this car sales thing figured out. I'm a star. CNN during the Trump era convinced itself we don't have to improve our level of talent we we don't have to we don't have to nurture new talent we we just have to basically sit back because our talent is so amazing look at our ratings look at don't tell me we don't have the talent here look at our ratings and they were lying to themselves msnbc did, did the same thing i mean frankly any any cable news show Got, got trapped in that same thing. And the hosts themselves, they get trapped in that same thing. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at my ratings. Look at my download numbers. I always knew I'd be a superstar at this. <laughs> oh, what do you, well, wait a minute. You just played Donald Trump's speech all night and then acted like it was the Antichrist. Yeah, but it was my analysis of the speech. That's why people stayed. But then Donald Trump left, and the Trump bubble is gone. And now that the Trump bubble is burst, you you don't have Daddy Trump to stand on to be interesting anymore. Now you're Don Lemon. Now you're just an idiot with a TV camera, and you have to try to be interesting on your own. People have options, Don. People turn on the televisions, and they have options. How are you interesting me? Are you saying anything I haven't heard a thousand times before? No. These networks who spent four years bathing in Trump money and instead of using that Trump money to improve themselves, just patted themselves on the back for how smart and interesting they were. They're paying the penalty for it now. The media business whether it's political or not, yeah, obviously you can do a lot of good. Lord willing, you do you do some positive influence. Not that I think this show is ever going to have a positive influence on anybody, but you can. I mean, Lord willing, you can do some good. But in the end, in the end, you know what my job is? 
I'm a radio host. You know what my job is right now? Make your day a little bit better. That's it. I've got you for 15, 20 minutes. I do 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern every night nationwide. I have you 15, 20 minutes on the way home. Did I make your day better for 15, 20 minutes? More interesting? Did you laugh? Did you, did you, did you hear anything interesting? If you did, you'll be back tomorrow. That's my job. Or you'll sit in the driveway for another segment. That's my job. My job's not more complicated than that, and I'm not more important than that. But these guys get a microphone and a camera in front of them, and they think they're gods, and they think they're geniuses, and they think they're the most talented people in the world. And in reality, you're not special. You're just a dude. You're just a dude without Daddy Trump saying something wild. You got nothing to say anybody wants to hear. And so I told you it was good news. Let these disgusting companies drown because they're poison for the American public. All right. America's first black billionaire wants reparations. I'm sorry, what? What's wants reparations? <laughs> Gosh, that's crazy. All right, you know what? Before we get into billions and trillions, let's talk about trillions. Let's talk about the amount of money the federal government has printed, unbacked. Pumped it into the last into the economy in just the last few years. Do you know? I checked today. I always check this every day. Our national debt is now over twenty eight trillion dollars. Inflation already went up five percent. They're not even pretending that number is going to reverse itself. It's going to get worse. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to run around like Chicken Little. You don't have to take all your money and put it in a mayonnaise jar and bury it in your backyard. You just have to take some basic common sense steps that I've taken that every money guy I know has taken. Get some gold, get some silver. And I don't mean gold and silver stocks. I need to clarify that. I don't mean a piece of paper. I mean real gold and silver, the kind you can hold in your hand. That's what you get at Oxford Gold Group. Give them a call. Tell them Jesse sent you. They will take good care of you. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. No more paper. None of this paper stuff. Get gold and silver you can hold in your hands. Take care of your financial future today. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Yes, in about 10 minutes, I am going to buck up and I am going to... Talk about this disgusting woman in this disgusting kink, taking her toddler to a kinky pride parade. I feel gross even talking about it, Chris. And you know, it's the you know the only part of it that makes it worthwhile is I can actually see my mother recoiling in horror as I even bring it up. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'll call you after the show. All right, I'll call you after the show now. We're going to get to our emails here in just a few. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. I do read every email. They all go right to Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many. But we do read them on the air. I, I, I like to give back. Chris, I like to give back even though I'm above everybody else. What? I just mean above as in more important. What are you talking about? All right. Headline. Daily Wire. 
America's first black billionaire demands reparations. America must atone by paying black people. Robert Johnson, the founder of BET and and America's first black billionaire, is demanding that America atone for slavery and racism by paying black people $14 trillion. Vice News interviewed Johnson, who said that he has seen a new kind of reparations take place. The new reparations is critical race theory education. It's the housing grant program in Evanston, Illinois. It's the $5 billion of targeted support and debt relief for black farmers. That's blatantly racist, by the way. Biden's already getting sued for that. And it's the $50 billion in corporate pledges in the wake of George Floyd's murder dedicated to combating, or combating, I guess, systemic racism and inequality. Listen, what is a culture? We've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it 10,000 more times until you're ready to put your head through the desk every time I bring it up. What is culture? Culture is simply this. It's not more complicated than this. Culture is what your area incentivizes, what your area disincentivizes. We've told endless stories and always will throughout history about cultures that incentivize this or that. There, there, you know, there are so many cultures which we would call weird. I mean, because they look weird, but where they would do things like foot binding or head binding, where they would take a child when their head is pliable and they would tie a rope, for lack of a better way to put it, around so the kid would have like an alien skull. Well, why? What? What is wrong with you? Not like cone heads, Chris. The, 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 the skull went the other way, you idiot. Anyway, why? That's ridiculous. Who would want that? Well, that's what their culture incentivized. That's what their culture incentivized. In America, part of the reason we're in such a bad situation, and I mean a bad situation nationally, is because we have chosen as a culture to incentivize being a victim. That it's it's what we incentivize. Uh, you see it from people at the highest levels of society. Uh, LeBron James. Oprah, LeBron James faked a hate attack on himself. Oprah Winfrey, a billionaire. Oprah Winfrey, I brought this up before. She, and I don't know if she still does this, there was a time when she would bounce from skyscraper to skyscraper in in Chicago by helicopter. She would go from helo pad to billionaire, right? Oprah Winfrey can't stop talking about how racist America is. Remember that whole trip where she went to buy a purse in Europe? The lady didn't, she didn't want to sell me one because I was black. I know what the scourge of racism is about. Why do they do this? Because that's what we incentivize as a culture now. We tell people that's the highest thing you can achieve. I was a victim of a hate crime. No, 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 you weren't. No, you weren't, actually. And the people from the past who have been victims of these real crimes, they have to be so embarrassed by you. But that's what we incentivize. I don't know how we got so twisted. I don't know how we got so twisted up inside that we decided that's what we wanted to tell our kids. But that's what we tell our kids now. 
That's what your kids see. That's what my kids see. If, if they watch TV and movies and listen to music and watch the news, you may not even think they're seeing it. They're seeing it. Wow. Somebody, somebody was racist. Somebody was sexist against that girl. Man, look at how they're, look at how they're cheering her on. She's on all the TV commercials now. I want someone to be sexist against me. All right, time for the grossest conversation I've ever had on radio. Your toddler at a pride parade. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and it's time for the grossest conversation I'm ever going to have to have on the show. I don't know that there'll ever be a repeat of this one. And no, we're not going to talk about Chris's obsession with fish. What Chris fish is not good. Stop telling me fish is good. You know, before I get to the kink pride parade thing, let's go ahead and get the fish thing out of the way first. If it seems like I'm avoiding talking about the hard issues, that's because I am. I put off my problems as long as humanly possible. Like an adult, you don't like fish. And don't email don't email me your fish recipe, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, or tell me why you should like fish or, or whatnot. You don't like fish. It's not that I don't. You don't either. You pretend to like fish. What do you say? What do you say when you bite into a piece of bad fish? What do you say? Everybody says the same thing. Don't lie. Right now. Go ahead. This tastes fishy. Oh, that's weird. That's weird because I've never I've never once bitten into a steak and said, Oh, this is way too beefy. I've never bitten into a piece of chicken and said, ugh, this is chickeny. Gross. You don't like fish. You like a bland piece of meat that's prepared well. You like how fish is prepared. Because this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you, I know what's going to happen, Chris. I'm going to show up tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon. Look, these are brutal hours around here. I'm going to show up tomorrow morning. And I'm going to have a bunch of emails said, but no, you haven't had my pappy's deep fried catfish. You see, he deep fried in bacon grease and cornmeal, and then he'd pour a crawfish cream sauce. Buddy, I could make a jock strap like that and it would taste good. That doesn't mean you like fish. That means you like how fish is prepared. All right, I got that off my chest. <clears throat> WashingtonPost.com. The headline is this. Yes, kink belongs at Pride. She's talking about Pride Parade, by the way. And I want my kids to see it. I'm just going to I'm just going to skip most of this because I don't feel like any of this should be read on air. I don't think any of this should be written in the United States of America, let alone read on air. I know so many of you listen with your kids and I just I'm just going to read this part to you, okay? When our children grew tired of marching, we plopped them onto a nearby curb. Just as we got settled, our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of oncoming floats. 
raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a thong. The man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. Quote, what are they doing? My curious kid asked as our toddler cheered them on. I'm going to stop there. It's a long article. Every word of this made me sad for my country while also vomiting in the trash can. So I'm going to stop there. I don't feel like it should be read on air. I almost didn't even read that. I want you to know just how bad it is. This is, by the way, this is the Washington Post. While obviously a detestable publication, I believe, Chris, this is number two or three biggest newspaper in the country. I think New York Times is number one. Post is definitely top five. I know that. It's big. Speaking of what we incentivize and disincentivize as a culture, what have we done when we're telling people in major publications expose your children to this. And this is not about you or your lifestyle choices. I don't care. I'm not your dad. I don't care. It's not my business. When it's your children, when you're forcing this stuff onto your children, what does it say about what we've become? And look, let's let's go ahead and offend everybody tonight. I'm going to talk about Afghanistan here. Remember, we have Dave Reboy coming up in about 20 minutes. He's a national security guy. We're going to talk to him about Putin and Afghanistan and everything else. But I'm going to talk to you about Afghanistan here in about, oh, 10 minutes or so. And we're leaving and civil war and all these things are coming. And I'm going to give you my Afghanistan thoughts. But here's what I get a lot, especially from the right. You know, I look, and I'll be honest with you. I've said these things myself. I'm not pointing any fingers. What I get from the right is you'll see some headline, some horrible headline about woman is stoned to death or woman is flogged for taking off her burqa or something like that. It's just a random headline. Pick your random headline from some Middle Eastern nation, almost always a Muslim nation. And you'll see a headline and you'll get people on the right who will say, ah, gosh, that garbage culture. I bet people, I bet people over there. I bet they're dying to come here. Let me ask you a real frank question. And it hurts me to even ask it. It's not going to feel good for you to hear it. But let me ask a frank conversation. You just heard the article I just read. Let's say there's a culture out there that you do consider to be backwards, whatever it is, wherever it is. Do you honestly think they look at ours now? And say to themselves, oh, man, I wish we had that. Do you believe that? Deep down, when you see this stuff flaunted in front of kids, in front of little kids, do you believe that? This woman and her social media history, I should note, there's... Eight-year-old boys, she's putting makeup on to make them look like girls. It's, it's, do you think people look at that from around the globe and say, man, that America, they've got it figured out? Or do you think they look at us and say to themselves, look at that backwards barbaric culture. No thank you.
I don't care what you do with your life. I ain't your dad. I ain't your preacher. I don't care. But if you can't admit to yourself, purposely exposing children to this stuff is bad for your nation, then you're either an idiot or you're a liar. This is bad for a country. Uh, Guys like Caesar Augustus railed. Marcus Aurelius railed against stuff specifically like this. This is something that's known. This doesn't have to be a uh, Jewish thing or a Christian thing. This doesn't have to have religion attached to it at all. This is not healthy for a society to push this stuff on your kids. And speaking of uncomfortable conversations, what is healthy for a society? What's healthy to push on your kids? Because you are going to influence your kids in something. You know, they're so, well, they're just going to find themselves. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Give them some values. You must show them what they want to be, what they should be, and what they shouldn't be. Or, in the very least, in my case, be a horrible example. (laughs) A horrible warning. Look, kids, you just don't want to be like Dan, all right? But in all seriousness, what, what should be the goal of a society? Well, I'll put it to you very frankly, and this is really going to be offensive. The best thing for any society is men and women to get married, get married young, and have a bunch of babies. Now, I'm guilty. I didn't do that. So, again, this is not me pointing fingers at how you've chosen to live your life, but as a society, shouldn't that be the direction we point our kids? Shouldn't that be what we're telling them to do? Son, start a family. Find a good woman, a hot one, that can cook and go take care of her and raise kids and let her take care of you. Girls, ladies, go find a man who treats you like gold, who will take care of you, who will be willing to lead the household and go have a bunch of babies with him. That sounds almost old-fashioned now, right? What are you, from the 50s? Yeah, uh, the 1550s and the 1650s and the 1250s and the 1750s. I'm from every society in history who knew that's how you create a prosperous, healthy society. Instead, we're throwing our toddlers after this filth. All right, since we've already unpacked about 19 tough issues tonight, let's have an offensive conversation about Afghanistan. And then Dave Reboy in about 15 minutes, national security expert. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, are we at a rave? What is that? What What is that music? You have no idea? Do you think maybe we could lock down what music we're playing before the national audience hears it? <laughs> you know, all right, we're getting into the Afghanistan thing here in a second. Give me just a moment. Remember, we have Dave Reboy coming up, national security expert, in about nine minutes. He's always pretty cutting edge about this stuff and why... There are conflicts in certain places. I mean, he knows the different sects and whatnot. But first, you and I shouldn't feel that down about things. Why? Well, let's remember, 
It all starts at the top, and boy, we are set at Commander-in-Chief. This job, this jobs, the jobs that are going to be created here. <laughs> what? What in the world are we doing? I still, I still can't wrap my mind. I still can't completely wrap my mind around this. The American people. Obviously, people are the general public in general is pretty flighty, right? I mean, you're here one day, gone the next. You're scared of this. You're not scared of that. You're just people come and people go. But Donald Trump, for for all of his his problems, was a really good president. The dude was a really really good president. He just was. Uh, the economy, foreign policy. I mean, the dude was a good president. Like I said, his spending uh, abysmal. His hiring and firing practices indefensible. Even his hardcore fans will not defend the absolute losers that guy hired. But other than that, dude was a good president. And America went to the polls, maybe, in November and said, ah, I'd rather have, you know, I actually think I'd rather have this. This job, this jobs, the jobs that are going to be created here. It's so embarrassing. All right, let's let's get to the bottom of this. I saw this today. In of course, in the least surprising headline ever, a general is warning that Afghanistan is going to fall into civil war. Specifically, it's General Austin Miller. Afghanistan collapse may collapse into civil war after complete withdrawal of U.S. Military troops. Okay. I I mean I don't want to look 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 I'm I'm as everybody knows I'm a bad person and I'm a sociopath and all those things I only care about myself and whatnot and all that stuff is true even though I'm your shogun all that stuff is true don't shake your head Chris but. I don't want anyone in Afghanistan to die, and I certainly don't want women and kids to die. I, 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 don't want, I don't want them to have a civil war. But why is this our problem? We've been there for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years giving them training. 20 years building modern facilities. 20 years. There comes a point in time where you just simply have to accept who somebody is. Look, I, I'm a dude, right? I'm a dude. I have two sons. What does every dad, and this is universal, what does every dad at least kind of want for his sons? It's kind of nice if they're good at sports, right? I don't need you to go pro. I don't need you playing for the Yankees tomorrow. I'm not not worried about that. I've never been that dad, you know. Go practice for 25 hours a day or you don't care. I'm not I'm not that guy, but be cool if your son is good at sports. Be fun to go watch him play some hoops, baseball, football, whatever. Soccer, if you're not American. Uh, quit, Chris. It's not going to happen. Not for me, anyway. They're 10 and 12. Uh, my oldest kind of has the potential, certainly has the athletic ability, no desire, no desire to play. My youngest, he swims like a fish. You know, they get plenty of exercise, can swim like a fish, but he ain't going to be no athlete. 
Now he's got look at the kid's got straight A's, takes after his old man. But the kid's got straight A's. He may even get to the same community college I got into with a little help from dad. But he's never gonna be he's never gonna be an athlete. This expands to countries. Maybe Afghanistan's never gonna be free. And I say this to you as somebody who uh, I was in Iraq. I was part of the Iraq invasion uh, during the, I, mean, I was in the Marines, obviously Marine Corps infantry, and I was in the Iraq invasion. And once you know, things were done and the war was over and then we were moving on and doing all these other different things in the country, it was something we recognized on the ground. Some people aren't, some people aren't ready for freedom. That sounds crazy to us as Americans. But some people, it's not going to work. Maybe Afghanistan, maybe it's simply meant to be what it is. Maybe it's meant to be what it is. Chris brings up a good point. They cheered when we came into Iraq and then rioted when we stayed, and they did. I'll never forget, during the invasion, there were families, and it was one of those moments, you know, one of those touching moments, at least for other people who have hearts, where families would come out because they used to be forced to have uh, uh, pictures of Saddam in their homes, and the families would stand on the porch, and they were ripping up pictures of Saddam, and they're free, and it was like 10 minutes later, we were fighting them off in massive violent riots. Maybe Afghanistan isn't meant to be free. And I don't like saying that, right? Because I'm an American. You're, you're, you're probably an American, setting aside our actually pretty significant international following at this time. Maybe they're not meant to be free, at least not now. Or if they are, what if, and hear me out here, what if it's healthiest if you fight for your own freedom? If after 20 years of fighting the Taliban and aiding this tribe and that tribe and and working with this government and helping this, if after 20 years the Taliban are about to storm back in and take right over and almost everything I hear from my guys on the ground tell me the Taliban are still the premier fighting force and they're going to take over when we leave, then maybe they should have it. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're good dudes. Obviously, Taliban are scum of the earth, especially the way they treat women. But maybe they deserve to have it. If no one else can stop them, 20 years of American training can't stop them, maybe they should have it. We're going to talk to my friend Dave Reboy about Afghanistan and a potential national divorce in America. Ooh. Hang on. Chris, turn this off. That can only mean that Dave Reboy himself did not choose a song. Remember, the guests always choose their own intro song. So either Chris forgot to ask, which is probably the case, because I know Dave Reboy is a jazz freak, or Chris just decided to play the worst song in history on his own. Joining me now, my friend, national security expert, Dave Reboy. Dave, tell me you haven't had some weird reformation and you're a Spice Girls guy now. 
Look, maybe maybe Chris thought I was uh, I was a little sleepy and and uh, and I just woken up from a nap, but I'm awake now. <laughs> um, I'm definitely awake now. I thought, what the heck? Okay, all right. Oh, Dave. All right, Dave. We have, of course, a general warning that Afghanistan is going to descend into civil war when we pull out. I don't want anyone to go through a civil war. I don't want anyone to die. I also don't feel like this is my problem, Dave. Am I just a cold-hearted jerk? Yeah, but <laughs> but, the, but there are other reasons for that. Okay, you, know, you you happen to be you happen to be right in this case. Okay, I mean there was always going to be a civil war. The civil that's this civil war that that it, you know that it, that we've been promised is something that's been hold that's been held over the heads of uh, the American people and policymakers and politicians uh, really for the last, I don't know, 18 years um, or more, which is that when we leave, there's going to be some kind of a reckoning. There's going to be a reckoning because the natural state of affairs, the equilibrium over there is not anything we want. It is, in fact, the Taliban um, or similar, you know, with an asterisk. And... um, and 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 there, this was this was always going to happen when we when we left. The idea that we could not create in six months um, a a um, uh, or the, the fact that we could not create in two decades uh, a force that could even last six months after we leave is really an indictment of the whole project. Dave, why? And I understand this is a question that would take nine hours to answer, but you've got about a minute. Why isn't Afghanistan ready? Why are they just flat out not ready? I argue, I made the argument right before you came on full disclosure that some people are just not ready for freedom and a republic and democracy, and this is just not a place that is. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, you need, you need the institutions. Um, you need the institutions to support this. You need the people to believe certain things. And and that's what a lot of the, the, the neocons took for granted, because they assumed that people innately believed certain things about, for example, you know, hey, that it's better to solve our problems um, at the ballot box or through debate and persuasion than it is through killing people. You know, in order to have a functioning civil society, you've got to agree to that principle. And some people don't. Some people find that it's just, you know, Things go a lot better if you know if if uh, you know if I get to kill you if we disagree, and um, you know and that precludes any possibility of of, of having what we have. Now uh, the bad news is we don't really believe that stuff either. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to the, uh, the you know the the the, the principle sufficient to support a republic or a democratic system. What do you mean? Um, what do you mean we don't believe in it? Because it's funny you brought that up. During the break, I got an, uh, several emails to that effect. Americans don't believe in freedom either, and it hit me home. So tell me, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, in many ways. So one of the things, obviously, you know, we're not there yet where we think that uh, that, uh, that that guns are better than discourse um, at solving uh, a particular political question. But you've got... Um, um, you've got uh, uh, equal justice under the law, which is which is a principle that uh, that undergirds our society. Which is that if you commit a crime, and if someone of a different, you know, race, gender, sexual orientation, or, or whatever, 
um, a different identity category creates a crime, um, you will be judged the same because you're judged on the basis of the crime itself rather than, than your identity. Now, we are busy right now in America trying to throw that away and rip that up. And what happens there is, you know, I mean, bad stuff happens on the other side of that. In my opinion, oh, by the way, I agree with you completely. We're speaking with Dave Reboy, national security expert. In my opinion, that creates a simmering resentment in a large group of people. And when that resentment gets bad enough and large enough, that powder keg blows into something really, really, really ugly. Am I way off? No, that's exactly it. And you have several different possible powder kegs, too. So you've got that one. You've got a powder keg that has to do with um, uh, uh, has to do with uh, kind of government responsiveness to the concerns of the people. You know, if we really don't think the government gives a damn anymore, if we think, for example, let's just say you go through a year-long pandemic where they shut down everything and they tell you to wear masks that don't actually work, and you know, and 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 um, uh, the credibility of the government is is completely undermined. Um, then also you can't have a functioning system. Um, you know, another one is, uh, is, is, is just, you know, kind of the old standby is, is kind of size of government and what we want the government to be allowed to do to us um, as opposed to, um, uh, you know, as opposed to having a larger sphere for individual liberty. Dave, well, what you're describing to me is obviously where exactly we are right now. There is a huge portion of this population that doesn't have any faith in virtually any of the American institutions anymore. I would argue rightfully so. So tell me why we shouldn't go our separate ways as a nation. I can't. Well, look, I can tell you why we, we shouldn't do that now, but I can't. I I. I agree we should start thinking about things in that direction. We should start building up some of the institutions that, uh, that we will need. For example, I just saw really great that, you know, our, our buddy Dan Bongino mm-hmm. was, uh, was, was um, involved in starting up a, a new payment processor that will replace Stripe so that, um, you know, so that uh, we, can, we can ensure that, that, you know, people won't have their payment processor canceled and, you know, find a new bank, you know, create your own bank. Uh, we need to create our own different things. Every everything, every possible industry, from uh, pizzerias to uh, to um, you know movie theaters or, or or film distribution networks. To I mean sneaker companies, anything you can name. I mean we just had the Nike uh, CEO come out and say this Nike is a company for China and by China. Okay, let's have an American one. Will people pay more? Some people will. Okay, so this sounds like you think we need to set up a complete alternate society and economy. Do we do that also geographically? And no, I'm not talking about the divorce portion, but as you well know, I encourage people to move. If you're in an area where they don't share your values, move to a place where they do and fortify it. But am I wrong? Is that is that a bad way to go? No, that's also an essential way to go. Um, that's, the, that's the other ingredient, and, and it's for a number of reasons. I mean, we really need to fortify some of these red places, leave the blue states to, and cities to their own devices, come be with people who don't hate you. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's, not, it's, it's, it's actually a winning message because guess what? You feel better about your life. You're not surrounded by people who hate your guts and think you're crazy. 
And you know what? And that goes the same for people in, you know, for, for, for liberals in Florida and Texas and whatever. Wouldn't it be much better to move to California or New York? Go. Go to New Jersey. You know, um, uh, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're not bad places uh, to live if you, if you like that blue state paradigm. Dave Reboy, where can people get more of your stuff, my brother? Uh, you can go to my website, DaveReboy.com, um, and uh, join my Substack newsletter called Late Republic Nonsense. I would highly, highly recommend people do that. He always has something smart to say. Dave, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you. Talk soon. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? But tell me, uh, tell me. Where's he wrong? Where's he wrong? Okay, so let's unpack this. We haven't had this talk yet, at least not in you know a few weeks on this show. Let's let's really dig in and unpack this. This whole national divorce thing. Are we still a nation? If we're still a nation, then no. If we're not a nation anymore, then yes. And I mean, what is a nation? Remember, a nation is no different. Than, it's just an expanded version of a, a tiny tribe. It's just a group of people who share common values, who choose to live, work, worship, and be around each other for the safety and prosperity that comes with being around each other. That's all a nation is. That's all a tribe is. So is that what we still are? Think about this during the break, because we're going to address this. Is that what we still are? Are we still a nation? Or are we a bunch of people at each other's throats? Oh, man, it's getting heavy tonight, isn't it? Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and and piltered all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. It's obvious. There's no there's no question. <laughs> okay. All right. None of that's true. Like like one piltered is not a word. That's that's not it's <laughs> not a word. Two is not the third paragraph has nothing to do with slaves. It's about British and impre- you know what I'm, you know what? we're not going to go into the details. That this is the Jesse Kelly show. That was oh Olympian Gwen Berry going to be representing this nation. That was Olympia. I can't stress this point enough. Olympian Gwen Berry going to be addressing you know representing the United States of America. Oh goody. Let's get to a couple emails before I get to my thing that I was getting ready to rant on. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all off for me. I read them all. I won't respond. I get too many. Sir Jesse the Oracle, I am true. What? Don't shake your head, Chris. By the way, I do like the Sir Jesse, Chris. We may have to start adding that in. Hold on. Don't get ahead of me. Would you mind while I read this email, look up exactly what it takes to get knighted. I always kind of wanted to be knighted. Don't shake your head. Look it up, please. Anyway, Sir Jesse the Oracle. I am choosing to not get vaccinated. Here's why. I have yet to wear a mask or a face covering for one second over the last year and a half. 
I have purposely not followed a single guideline as well. Therefore, I'm definitely not getting vaxxed up. Yes, you can say my name if by chance you read this. His name is Aaron. The vaccine talk. People, I don't know why people get so uncomfortable with the vaccine talk. Actually, I take that back. I do know why. Probably because I'm all-knowing. But I, I, people get uncomfortable because the entire system has told everybody to take it. You have to take it. You better take it. Give it to your kids. Take it. And a lot of people went out and got it. I, a lot of people hearing my voice right now went out and got it. And then there are a lot of people who think, uh, I've been lied to for a year, year and a half. I don't trust anything the system has to say. I definitely don't trust the new vaccine. I'm not kidding. And so then the people who took it feel like they're being judged, and the people who haven't taken it feel like they're being judged, and it just it just turns into this gigantic one citizen against another thing. And don't worry, I'm going to get back to my national divorce, are we a nation talk. We're going to get to that here in about five minutes or so. But hear me out on the vaccine. It's real simple. It's real simple. Now, I, it's real simple for me because life is easier when you're a sociopath who doesn't care about other people or other people's feelings. But it's very, very simple. If you want to get the vaccine, if you feel the need to get it, if you feel it's safe, go get the vaccine. It's clearly available everywhere because you can't walk Five steps without getting waterboarded with some vaccine ad. Get the vaccine here. Fast vaccines, free vaccines, vaccine discounts, vaccine. It's everywhere. If you want the vaccine, go get the vaccine. I have relatives that have gotten the vaccine. Several of them. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't feel one iota of pressure to get the vaccine. Once you've made your decision, I'm going to get the vaccine. Or I'm not going to get the vaccine. Just let it go. The decision's been made. Don't care what you do. Don't care what someone else does. Because I try to be as honest as humanly possible, especially about how bad of a person I am on this show. I've told you, I've told you a hundred times, I'm not getting it. My family's not getting it. Or at least, you know, wife and kids. We're not getting it. It's not that I'm an anti-vaccine person, although I know there are many people out there. My kids had their shots when they were little and whatnot. I just don't feel the need to get vaccinated for something that doesn't pose a risk to me. I have over a year and a half of data. I have it sitting in front of me as we speak. A 39-year-old male, almost 40, Chris, but not quite. A 39-year-old male who's not obese, is not at risk of having serious complications of coronavirus. My sons are 10 and 12, healthy as horses, both of them. They're at virtually no risk. The wife is, how old's my wife? Chris, how old's the wife? I think she's 36. Oh, man, I hope she's not listening. 36 or 37, whatever. She's not at any risk of coronavirus. If you are an obese person, fine. You know, sometimes life gives you lemons. Maybe you should take it. I don't know. If you're old, pre-existing conditions, maybe you should take it. I don't know. I'm not taking it. I, I Again, full disclosure, I find taking a vaccine for something that doesn't pose a risk to you to be weird and very much not in the norm of what we've ever done in the past. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are we in the habit of getting vaccinated for things that 
don't pose any risk to us? Is this something we've done in the past and I'm completely unaware of it? I always took vaccines as being, you know, polio, probably for the best if I don't come down with that. I'll go ahead and get vaccinated. If I'm not at risk, why would I do it? All right. National divorce. Are we a nation? And military problems. Hang on. I've been down before. Jesse Kelly show and it has been quite a night so far. I don't know how many M&Ms I could stack, but I think it's more than five. We're going to get to the military stuff and why I'm worried a bunch of people are about to die in America here in just a second. But headline is this from hyper beast, hype beast, sorry, hypebeast.com. Chris, where do you find these websites? Is this an adult website? We're on a company computer, man. You better make sure this, you know what? We're not going into this right now. From hypebeast.com, the headline is British man stacks five M&Ms to break the stacking world record. I could totally stack five M&Ms. Couldn't I? How hard could it be stacking an M&M? I could at least get three or four. There's no question about it. Chris, do we have any M&Ms here in the studio? I'll do it while I'm on the air. What do you mean, no? Don't act like that's a ridiculous question. Everyone's always bringing stuff in here. I I could stack M&Ms. All right. I saw this headline. Listen to me. Listen to me. This matters more than you think. The headline was from Task and Purpose. It says the new Air Force fitness test will feature walking instead of running and modified push-ups. There are a thousand of these headlines I could read for you about our military losing its mind, lowering its standards, deciding that you don't have to be fit enough, lowering every standard you can imagine to make sure the women can, as many women can get in as the men can get in. But when you pair the headline with these two things, it matters a lot more. Headline, Putin and Xi, that's Xi Jinping, Putin and Xi agree to extend 20-year-old friendship treaty. That's one, two. Putin taunts U.S. saying their world dominance is over and threatens to strike back if any boundaries are crossed. They're getting more and more bold. Why are they getting more and more bold? Why? Well, there are a couple different reasons. One, they watch the news. They know who we have as commander-in-chief right now. This job, this jobs, the jobs. They're going to be created here. Oh, gosh. That's one. Two, they know about all this insane training we're doing. They know where the U.S. military's focus is at this point in time. And it's not killing Russians. And it's not killing Chinese people. The United States military is taking way too much time and way too much effort out of their day, making sure. Well, uh, we do we have enough black people? Are the are the are do the black people feel oppressed? What about women? Women feel welcome here, right? Uh, what work are we gay friendly enough? How, Bill, how many transgender surgeries has our battalion paid for this year? And even if you're all about all that stuff, even if you are, 
We don't have time for that. The military, at least, doesn't have time for that. You want to go do that in your sociology class at your weirdo freak university? That's fine. The United States military has one job. Kill the enemies of the country. Period. That's its job. If we lose focus on that, other nations won't. Other nations will not. And let's not make the mistake. And I make it all the time. Let's not make the mistake of thinking we live in some unique time in human history when when all the monsters are gone. Oh, thank goodness Hitler is gone. There's no one like that out there today. Are you out of your mind? Of course there is. Lord willing, whoever that scumbag is, he doesn't get the opportunity to do the things that a guy like Hitler or Stalin or Mao did. But there's always a guy like that out there today. Chris, my producer, Chris, he's Jewish. So we end up talking about various things that have to do with Israel and the Middle East and stuff like that. And we're off the air. And we've talked several times about ISIS. You understand that ISIS is just as evil as the Nazis were, right? Chris says more. Chris says you could argue more. When you dig into their ideology and what they believed and the things they did, things I, and you know how blunt I am, things I won't even lay out for you on the show. People forget about ISIS. They're just as evil as any Nazi who ever walked the, walked the planet. They are. By the grace of God, they didn't have the financial backing and the infrastructure and the military power to pull off the level of atrocity that the Nazis did. But on the evil scale, they're behind nobody. Those people still live today. And we get caught up in this this way of thinking that all the monsters are gone. And I mean, we could just, let's just have fun in the military. Shouldn't it be fun? And we definitely want it to be inclusive. Why does the military have to be inclusive at all? You ready to, you ready to have the phones blow up, Chris, with complaints? Get ready because the complaints are coming in. I'm about to say something here. It'll be wire to wire tomorrow. You ready? Why do we want women on naval ships? Why do we want women on naval ships deployed? And here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to email me and say, my daughter is serving honorably. I'm sure she is. I don't want you to email me from your naval ship. I am doing great. I've already been promoted. That's not an indictment of each and every woman serving in the Navy. That's not what it's about. Women deploying on naval ships has been an unmitigated disaster for the United States Navy unmitigated disaster, not because women are bad, not because men are bad, because you can't stuff 18, 19, 20-year-olds in a hole for six months and not come out the back end with drama and disaster. Drama and disaster. Disorganized, not mission-focused disaster. That Again, that's not an indictment of women or men. If you took two dudes and one woman and you dropped them on a deserted island, you would come back in a year, and I promise you there'd only be one dude left. 
That's not because people are bad or good. That's because of human nature. Human nature. So again, why do we have women on naval vessels? Don't give me any answer, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, that has to do with, oh, but my sister, or hey, my mom, or I'm serving honorably, my daughter, I don't care. And don't give me any answer, but they should have an equal, no, 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 no. You tell me what value women add over the problems that have been created by mixing them in. I know you won't be able to because you can't. And because every single friend of mine serving in the Navy backs this up 100%. An unmitigated disaster. Now here, you want to know how much trouble we're in? Tell me how many people, tell me how many politicians, generals, admirals, Republicans, Democrats, whoever, have the guts to say what I just said. Women deploying on naval vessels has been a disaster. Everybody knows it. Not one person in a position of power has the guts to even mention it. Not one. So, again, back to the headlines. Putin, Xi Jinping extend their 20-year friendship treaty. Putin taunting the United States of America. Let me ask you, Do you think Xi Jinping is doing social experimentation with his military? How concerned, how much time do you think Chinese generals are spending out of every single day making sure their navy's diverse enough? Making sure women feel welcome. Do you think they're doing that? Or do you think they're thinking about burning American cities to the ground? We have to regain our focus and be willing to speak speak real truths or we're never going to recover. Speaking of real truths, let's talk about falling cable news ratings. Oh, this is going to be fun. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk about cable news ratings in just a quick second. I do have to address something. Chris, apparently that song is about drug overdoses. How do you find out this stuff? Do you just live online where people talk about this? And don't say just listen to the lyrics. I've heard that song a thousand times. Drug overdoses. I talked a little bit about this last hour. I'm going to bring this up again briefly. CNN loses nearly half its viewers in the post-Trump network ratings bloodbath. That's Daily Caller. CNN and MSNBC are losing viewers because they spent four years under Trump raging about Trump. because, And that's what the left wanted to see, right? So if you're some nutbag communist... You want to get on the you want to get on TV and hear about how Donald Trump is the Antichrist for four years. And therefore ratings were good for four years. But that's such a temporary fix. They all started to convince themselves that they were real smart and real talented. And the truth is, you should have spent that four years propping up talent, improving talent, going out there finding new talent. Instead, you have Don Lemon. Don Lemon? Is Listen, and I don't call out a lot of people by name, but CNN's detestable, so we can do this. 
in television, because, you know, I have a TV show, right? It's on the first every single night, right after the show. Don Lemon has to have Chris Cuomo stay over from the show before to do Don Lemon's opening. Here's how TV works. It's different in radio. In radio, in radio, you have to treat each and every individual segment like it's the entire show. Because most people listen for about 15 minutes at a time. 15 to 30 minutes at a time, that's how long they listen. TV is different. TV is structured this way. Just, just giving you a heads up how it is. In TV, the reason most people, most people, myself included, when you start a TV show, the reason you do a monologue where it's just you sitting talking to the camera, you give a, you know, basically you have 10, 12, 15 minute speech to the camera to start the show is most people will watch your show for you. They want to see you. They want to see what you have to say, and that'll be your highest rated part of the show. They call it the A block, the opening block before the first commercial commercial is called the A block. And then the block after that's called the B block. Chris, do you know what the block after that's called? That's right, buddy. C block. Good job. Proud of you. I legitimately gave you a 50% shot of getting that right. So that's how it works. A, B, C. And the ratings go down as you go through the show. No matter what. That, that's just how it works. Most people you'll have watching your show on TV is the opening. Don Lemon can't carry his own A block by himself. Now, before I told you that, you probably didn't realize it. But that is the most stunning indictment on Don Lemon's talent level. Uh, that is brutal. If if they told me, hey, Jesse, and they, it's not like I'm great at TV either. I can't do TV or radio. I'm still just doing both of them. But if they told me tomorrow, hey, uh, Jesse, this is your TV boss speaking to you here. Um, good news. Uh, we are going to have the host who's right before you. It's Bill O'Reilly on my network. We're going to have Bill... He's going to stay over, and he's going to do your A block with you. And I'd be like, I'm sorry? Is, is Bill doing okay? What do you mean? Oh, no, no. This is something we're going to do every single night from now, and we're going to have Bill just kind of help you out with the A block. I would hang up the phone and simply say, oh, man, I suck at TV. And so if that guy's still there, Whose fault is that? That's the fault of CNN. If your ratings are collapsing, your MSNBC, your CNN, and your ratings are collapsing, well, why aren't you out there finding new talent? Have you been online? Social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC, by the way. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on locals. So I'm on there. I'm always, I'm always getting myself in trouble on there some way or another. But have you been on those places? How many sharp, talented people do you see out there? Lots of them, right? There, there are plenty of faces who are pretty enough to get put on a camera and then can speak and have something to say. Why do you still have someone on one of the major cable news networks who can't carry his own A block? This wasn't to pick on Don Lemon. This was simply to point out these cable news companies made a living for four years bashing Trump. Every single thing was anti-Trump and Trump sucks and Trump this and Trump that. You hear what Trump said? Trump's the Antichrist. But the problem is, whether it was four years or eight years, there was a shelf life on Trump. 
there was a serious shelf life on how long you had. You have to be more than Donald Trump. I heard a sports guy say this once, and he was. I wish I knew who it was. I would give him credit, but since I don't, I'll take all the credit for myself and pretend like I came up with it. Look, kids, there's no limit to what you can accomplish if you're willing to steal someone else's work and pass it off as your own. What, Chris? Anyway, a sports guy gave a great example one time. Football. I used to watch football. I used to obsess over football my entire life until they turned into a bunch of America-hating scumbags. That's another story. But I watched football my whole life. And he said, you know, a great quarterback, a great quarterback makes everybody a bunch of money. Why? He makes the head coach look really good. He makes the offensive coordinator look really good. He makes the quarterback's coach look good. He makes the defensive coordinator look good because he doesn't have to play defense as long because the other quarterback's putting up all the points. Shoot, the quarterback's coach will be a head coach in a couple years. So will the offensive coordinator. Oh, the coach so-and-so. Oh, I remember how many points his team put up. He must be a genius. The problem is... Once the quarterback's gone, you are what you are. Donald Trump created his own media bubble because Donald Trump is a media phenom. Whether you love him or hate him, you cannot take your eyes off him. You can't take your eyes off him. When he's on TV, you're watching. So he made a lot of cable people think they were a lot more talented and a lot more interesting than they were, and they blew it. Chris, do you have that AOC clip? That AOC clip, this is such a revealing clip. They were asking AOC, you know, that super genius congresswoman from New York City. They were asking her about all the, you know, shoot, you know, shootings and murders, little things like that. Here's what she had to say. We are seeing these headlines about percentage increases. Now, I want to say that any amount of harm is unacceptable and too much. But I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context. That's not drive a hysteria. We have to look at these numbers in context, right? Why did nobody ask? Why does nobody ever ask the important questions of these people? And I'm not a journalist and I don't know how to interview people. I just kind of stumble my way through the whole thing. But why does nobody ask what context? What What context would make this level of murder okay? It's too hot this year? Gosh. All right. America's first black billionaire. He wants reparations and bad immigration news. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We will have somebody who wants reparations. Are you so sick and tired of all this race crap? Am I the only one who reads these stories now and just instinctively rolls his eyes and says, can we just set this aside? Headline is America's first black billionaire demands reparations. America must atone by paying black people. It's Robert Johnson. He's the founder of BET. I'm not going to go into all the stupid things he says because apparently he's a moron. But I would just simply say this. No matter what your situation is in life, and this is universal, 
No matter what your situation is in life, whether you are a woman, man, black, brown, gay, straight, Jew, Catholic, Muslim, it's, I, I don't care what it is, or where you are, American, German, I, I don't care where you are. If your existence is a focus on what you are owed, universally, you are a miserable human being. And I know people like this personally in my life. Now, we're not close friends just because I can't be friends with somebody like that. I I will not surround myself with miserable people. I keep a small, small circle anyway because I'm an antisocial person who hates everyone. But no, in all seriousness, I just I, I, I prefer a small circle, but I, I won't have these people close to me, but I have people like this in my life. And the thing is, I want you to hear me here. People who have this feeling that they're owed, I mean, sometimes that's a justifiable feeling, right? You've, you, maybe you've gone through a bad marriage. Maybe he was a jerk or she was terrible to you and, and ran out with your dog or something. Ran out with the silverware, whatever the case may be. And look, people go through these things in life. Maybe your business partner screwed you over. You owed somebody. Maybe there are a million and one of these situations in life where that feeling of someone owes me, this person owes me, is a justified feeling. So I'm not saying it's like it's not like it's never justified, but I'm saying this justified or not, justified or not. You better let that feeling go. Not because the other person deserves a reprieve. They probably don't. The old ex probably was a jerk that took off with your little dog, Binky. You better let that feeling go for your sake. We talked about this earlier in the week. On Monday, we talked about it. Chris, do you have that You have that Gwen Berry clip? Do you have that clip we played earlier the, the, the one about the, the, the flag and how the anthem's racist. Well, play that one more time. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and, and piltered all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. There's no, there's no question. Okay, piltered is not a word for one. Two, her name's Gwen Berry. We brought this up on Monday, but I want you to do this again for me. I want you to do an image search. As long as you're not driving, I want you to do an image search for Gwen Berry. No, we are not going to make fun of her appearance or anything like that. We don't do that, except if it's a feminist rally. But that's, that's another story, Chris. I want you to go do an image search of Gwen Berry. And I want you to do this for me. I want you to find an up-close view of her face. Look at multiple. Look at multiple so you don't just pick one. Everyone has a bad picture where they look like a jerk. Find an up-close image of her face and tell me, does that look like a joyful, content human being to you? Or does that look like a miserable human being who's going to be a weathered 80-year-old one day who hates everyone and everything. That feeling that somebody owes me something, it is a way to destroy yourself. This, this, uh, we deserve reparations to atone for. You're only hurting you. 
you're only hurting you. You're only hurting you if you feel that way. You're only hurting you if you spread that disgusting message to others. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting me one bit. You're hurting yourself. Even if you feel like you are owed, let it go. Let it go. Not for their sake, for your sake. All right, immigration. House Democrats propose defunding immigration enforcement agencies amid border crisis. This is a bill, by the way. The bill, this is uh, dailycaller.com. The bill, which makes appropriations for the Department of Homeland Security, that's DHS, allocates $14.1 billion in net funding to Customs and Border Protection, $927 million less than the previous year's budget. The bill also rescinds $2.1 billion in funds from last year intended to go towards the border wall and provides immigration and customs enforcement with $1.55 million less than the previous fiscal year. That was a lot of numbers. I'm sure right about now your eyes have glazed over. None of the specific numbers matter. Don't worry about that. What you need to know is this. The bill greatly reduces the funding for controlling our border at a time when our border is look overrun does not even put it uh, overrun does not even describe it. We had Laura Logan on our show last night. Laura Logan with Fox Nation, that great journalist. If you missed it, the show is now podcasted. You can stop emailing me. The podcast is up. It's right there on iTunes. If you missed it. Go listen to what Laura Logan had to say about the border and what's taking place from last night. The truth is, the border is not just open. The Biden administration, just to make sure, just to make dang sure that they don't get busted with overflowing facilities, the Biden administration is ushering them through like a matador and the bulls running on by. That's what it's like. The, it, we have a crisis doesn't describe what's happening. We are filling up the country with illegal immigrants. And at a time like this, House Democrats want to defund the Border Patrol. I'm not saying this to make you angry. I'm saying this because more than anything else, I want you to finally understand what you're up against. I need you to understand what you're up against. You're not up against your father's Democrats. You're not even up against Bill Clinton. What you're facing now, this modern-day Democratic Party, they are not a different ideology. They're not, they're not even un-American. They're anti-American. This Democrat... He's gone. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. Democrats don't talk like that anymore. Democrats didn't fly the American flag at their own convention. I said during the Democratic presidential primary, I said it repeatedly. Longtime listeners will know this. 
the one question, because everyone does that experiment, if you could ask one question of the candidates, what would it be? My one question was always simply this. Tell me what you love about America. You didn't hear one person on that stage at any time talk about what they loved about America. Because they don't. There's really only one explanation for defunding the Border Patrol and defunding ICE at a time when our border is completely overrun. It's not an explanation you want to hear. It's it's not an explanation I want to say. Uh, do you have Biden? You have what Biden said about the border? Here's what he said. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. There's only one reason for that. Are you ready to accept what it is? Are you even ready to hear what it is? The only reason there is for that is if you want to bring down the country. There's only one reason to have open borders. The scummiest regimes in the history of mankind didn't have open borders. There's only one reason to throw open the doors of your country and say, hey, poor people, criminals, it doesn't matter. Come on in. And that reason is you hate the place and you want it stopped. That's a hard truth. I realize that hurts, right? You don't want to accept that. We're, wait, that's what we're up against? But that's what we're up against. You want to know what Democrats are really, really concerned about? Or at least say they are? Oh, you're going to love this piece of audio. Hang on one second. I got something for you. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man. One segment left. That sucks. But look, time flies when you're me, Chris, the Oracle, Jesse, the Oracle Kelly of the famous, world famous Jesse Kelly show. Biden approval rating slips among Democrats. Why? Why? This is what drives me crazy. This has been driving me crazy. I'm hearing a lot of things about buyer's remorse from people who voted for Biden. And I really mean this. I, I, will not, I will not argue with you. I won't call you out by name ever. But if you voted for Joe Biden and you've had buyer's remorse, I want you to email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I want to know what you thought you would get that you're not getting. Joe Biden is a half-functional adult. He's not in charge of anything. He has some nutballs surrounding him. What did you think you were going to get? This is the direction the party's going now. The part, Look, these are people who deny basic reality. Chris, do you have this, do you have this representative? Representative Peter DeFazio, I... I Chris played this for me, and I thought it was a parody. On my life, this is real. Listen to this. Today, uh, I got my Route 66 socks. Um, that's nostalgic. Uh, it was a great time in America. It was be- when we began the Eisenhower program. 
uh, to uh, join the country together with the national highway system. It was built uh, as a national defense highway system because of fear of invasion by Russia to move military equipment and because of fear of nuclear war to evacuate the cities. We have a new existential challenge, which is climate change. What? <laughs> he just compared he just compared nuclear war to climate change. And here, let's 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 hold on here for a second. Understand this about climate change. And I'm pro- this is probably gonna have to bleed over into conversation about tomorrow because I have to yell at Chris about something, but climate change, most of the people, the vast majority of the people in politics who push it, they don't believe it at all. They show you all the time that they don't believe it. Remember Obama would push it all the time, and then it came out that Obama flew his private pizza chef, I think it was from St. Louis, (laughs) to come make him a pizza. Remember that? Right? These people don't care about climate change. Peter DeFazio doesn't care about climate change. What they know is this. They know that it's a great way to scare you into giving up your life, into giving up power, into giving up control. It's the ultimate way, isn't it? Uh, Do the Obamas believe in climate change? Oh, I don't know. They just bought an $11 million home on the water. They don't think the polar ice caps are melting. John Kerry flies on a private jet around the world. John Kerry doesn't believe the polar ice caps are melting because of carbon dioxide. The climate change movement, at least the leaders of it, none of them actually believe in it. Not a single one. The sad part is they get all these nutballs, mostly college kids is where they really, really go after them. Although I'll tell you, they go after them younger now in in these government schools. They get high schoolers and college kids to really buy into this nonsense. I live in a neighborhood. It's mostly Republican. I mean, I'm in the Texas suburbs. It's mostly Republican, mostly Republican parents, mostly Republican kids, teenagers. Almost to a man, these teenagers are gravely concerned about climate change. How did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. They started pushing this climate change nonsense at kids younger and younger and younger and younger. I was at the airport on uh, uh, Monday. I was at the airport on Monday. And I can't tell you how many people I saw walking around the airport, even though everyone's supposed to have a mask on. This is Texas. Nobody, I, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people don't have masks on anymore. I can't tell you how many pairs I saw in the airport where there be an old person who was walking with someone who was clearly a son, daughter, somebody like that, and the old person strolling around, no mask on. There's the young person, 15, 16, 20 years old, 25 years old, masked up, double masked up. We've messed with the minds of the next generation badly, badly, when it comes to everything. And it's, it's, it's happened because the school system pushes it. The media pushes it. Hollywood pushes it. You think America's twisted up now. We got these young people. How many young people out there believe America's a racist place and climate change is about the end of the the world and COVID-19 is going to kill us all? Ah! There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. All right, Chris, I'm not going to yell at you right now. We're going to save it for the show tomorrow. Chris 
leveled an accusation at me that I was not able to cook anything. That is a bald-faced lie. I have a couple specialties. I'll bring one up tomorrow. That's all. So-